Thank you so much for our brother, Brian. Um, we just bless him and his household and all the areas that you have given him influence and all the areas that he is stewarding. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are such an amazing gift. We thank you, Jesus, that um, you died and rose again to make the Holy Spirit possible for all of us. And so we come with humble hearts learning hearts, and we choose to be sensitive to the move of the Spirit, to be radically, lovingly obedient, totally devoted to you, Abba Father, and all of your purposes and your entire will. As you prepare our hearts, as you connect us with each other in community, we are eager to receive all that will be taught, and we are eager to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Ken. We sure appreciate your prayers. Thank you. Brian Craig, thanks for hanging out with us. We always benefit when you're around. Take it away. Okay. Well, thank you, Phil. Glad to be here on the Tuesday table with you all. Uh, see some familiar faces out there. And uh, it was so good to be with a lot of you all last uh, December when Rocky and I came. Uh, my topic today is uh is spiritual gifts in particular talking about the Holy Spirit? Um, I'm on a I'm on a quest to learn more about the Holy Spirit myself. Uh, this year, I've called it the year of the Holy Spirit, and uh, and my word for this year is more because I think there's so much more for us to understand about the Holy Spirit than what we do. But spiritual gifts is a really important part of of the role of the Holy Spirit uh, in working with us, and it's a big part of the journey. For those of you who've been through the journey and going through the journey, you know that. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of that and how it works. Um, I want to I want to remind you of uh, in the in the journey manual. There's a in several places. There's kind of a progression of the spiritual life and kind of how it works. And and I I've always liked this. It start you've seen it. You'll probably recognize this. It has little arrows pointing like one leads to the other. But it says you're saved, then you're discipled, then you are abiding, then you're transformed then you're enabled, then you're expressing, and then you are really become a harvester for Christ. And uh, so let's talk about that for a second. So, uh, and this is a little just uh, journey one-on-one theology, what we, what we bring forth in the journey is that it's got to, it's got to start with coming to Christ. It's got to start with salvation, going across that bridge and giving your life to Christ and saying, I surrender. I, I want you Christ. And, uh, and, you know, as 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 he comes into our life, we may not even realize it, but he's bringing the Holy Spirit with him because he and this Holy Spirit are are one. And so you're receiving the Holy Spirit when you're receiving Christ, whether you even know, rec- most people don't even recognize it. They might feel it or feel something different. Um, but then then becomes the real journey. Once you accept Christ, once you cross the bridge, a lot of people think it's over, but really that's just the beginning of of our walk with Christ because that's where we start becoming a disciple. So that's when we start, we need to be discipled. That's where we got to start learning about who he is that we just accepted. And and, uh, that's mostly comes from his word, but also comes from mentors and and being discipled. 
And then as we start becoming discipled and start getting into his word, there's some things that are happening that we don't even really fully understand. Again, um, all of a sudden we start becoming aware of sin in our life that now we've asked for forgiveness of our sins and asked him in, but there's still some house cleaning that, that he's the Holy spirit starts doing. And we don't, again, we don't even realize it's the Holy spirit doing it, but he starts showing us things in our heart. So some of the things that we've been living with for years, he starts making us aware of them. And all of a sudden there's a conflict before there wasn't a conflict. Now there's a conflict. And, and we start feeling we got to, we got to get rid of this sin. And, and there almost becomes, uh, pain in our life until we until we let go of that and that we call dis- discipline. Uh, there's also pruning. There's also cutting away of things in our life and and, a, and an awareness of things that are getting in the way of of where God's trying to take us and and we call that pruning. Um, and and sometimes we call that hindrances. You know, uh, Hebrews twelve says talks about getting rid of the of the weight of sin and and anything that hinders anything that's hindering so we can run our race with perseverance. So. Um, out of all that, transformation starts happening. And we talk about how transformation first happens in us. We can't give away what we don't have. So he's transforming us first and starting to conform us to the likeness of Christ. And and that seems impossible, right, for us to think about. But it's really true. That's what's happening. He's trying to make us look more like him. Um, and, then, and then the next thing that happens is... He, we are a vessel he can use. Then he starts enabling us to be used in his, to continue Jesus' work. And so we become his hands and feet in the world. And this is when um, the Holy Spirit starting to have his way with us. And this is, this is when we start understanding the spiritual gifts. And, and, you know, the spiritual gifts may have been there all along. Um, I've heard Rocky say that, uh, that his spiritual gifts were there, but they were frustrated which means he did, they were there, but he didn't know how to use them. He didn't even know, he didn't even, they weren't empowered is another way to put it or enabled is another way to put it. And so, um, but once, once we get the hindrances out of the way, the sin out of the way, and the Holy Spirit starts having his way with us and the spiritual gifts start becoming enabled, then we become a powerful force for, for the Lord to start expressing this faith out in our spheres of influence with our family, with our workplace, with our church, wherever, wherever the harvest is calling us. And so, so that's, that's kind of the spiritual journey. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about the spiritual gifts. Um, a lot of believers don't even really know that they have spiritual gifts. Um, even people have been in church their whole life, some, cause some churches teach it, some churches don't, um, but scripture definitely teaches it. Um, and again, when we accept Christ, his Holy spirit comes into us or whatever. And there's two things, two main things that the spirit brings fruit. And that is, that is, you know, the fruit of transformation, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, those are from the spirit. Those, those are, those are not the gifts. I mean, they, they, they're like a gift, but they're really, they're, they're called fruit. So they're, they're sweet tasting. They're, they're to be shared. They're, they're again, making us look more like Christ. And then the second thing is the gifts. And, and it's important to understand that there's a correlation between the two, but they're different. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, it's one of the many verses that talk about the, um, the spiritual gifts and, and all those kind of things. And, and, and anyway, it says, um, at the end of that, it says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. 
And, uh, and then so you're co- kind of going, okay, what's the greater gifts? And then the very next chapter is 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So what, what the c- correlation is, is that the fruit of the Spirit, namely love, uh, empowers all those gifts. So those are the gifts you want are the gifts that are empowered by love. So, so if you get them out of order and you try to go, if you try to go do something for God and say, I'm going to go be, I'm going to go use my spiritual gifts, but you're not, you don't have the fruit of the spirit as first Corinthians 13 says, we're just like a clanging gong or a, we're, it's really, it's, it's really not effective. So we have to go back and get it back in order. We have to abide first so that the fruit can come so that those gifts will be empowered. And I hope, hope that makes sense to you all. And you can talk about it in your groups afterwards. Um, so, um, and let me, let me just, let me just pause it. Let me th- I'm thinking of a story. So when I, when I first really, I, I accepted Christ when I was 13 and, uh, and it was a very real moment. It was a moment of, of surrender, even though I didn't understand so many things, but it was real. And I remember the feeling, but nobody discipled me. I never had that next step. No one ever discipled me. So I never got to abiding. I didn't, you know, didn't really get down the, the path. So I just kind of wandered in the desert for about the next 17 years. I mean, I was, and he was, faith was in me and I was a believer, but I was not bearing fruit for the, for the Lord at all. I mean, I, I mean, I, I was a pretty good guy and pretty honest and fairly successful and, 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 you know, fairly upstanding citizen. Uh, there was a lot of sin in my life and there were a lot of hindrances, but I was not, I was not bearing fruit. I don't think for, for the kingdom. And I, and I, I certainly probably had spiritual gifts, but they weren't, they weren't enabled as we talked. But then when I turned 30, I had a real powerful experience at a promise keeper event. And I, and I, and I had a brand new baby, which was the motivating factor. And it was also a prayer of a faithful wife who said, Lord, please get hold of him. How is he going to be the husband, the dad to this baby girl, you know, how he's been living. And God grabbed hold of me at a promise keepers conference. And, and I started wanting to be discipled. I started wanting to figure out all right, what these speakers at this conference talked about this life that I knew nothing about. How do you get it? Or what do you do? Nobody ever showed me. And so, uh, so I started being discipled and somewhere along that time, I started reading God's word. I started journaling. I started learning some of the disciplines of the faith. So I was slowly becoming a disciple, but it was still early in the process. And I remember our church did a spiritual gift assessment. And I, I completed it. It was, it was a little different one than the one we use now, but it was similar, some of the similar to what we do in the journey. And I remember um, some of the top gifts were administration and leadership, you know, and, and that kind of made sense to me, you know, cause I'd always been, uh, you know, I was class president for four years in high school. I was a leader in college, you know, I, I was even a leader in keg parties, you know, I could, I could organize the heck out of a keg party anyway. Um, but uh it made sense to me. Right. So then 10 years later is when I found out about the journey and, and I was growing through the years and growing in the word and a lot of different things. And, and, uh, and then I go through the journey. I started learning about abiding and I started, God was opening up new channels, new doors. And, and then, um, I took one of these spiritual gift assessments 10 years later and it was strange because leadership and inter- and leadership and lead, uh, administration were low. Uh, they were down toward the middle, toward the lower part of my spiritual gifts. And I was really confused. And all of a sudden, intercession and faith were at the top. And I'm like, what, what is that all about? I didn't even know what intercession was, you know? I mean, I, I mean, I, I prayed, but 
And little did I know that, you know, um, I had this gift of of wanting to pray for people and and God started really cultivating that. And it was interesting because intercession and faith were more behind the scenes gifts, right? They're more, whereas administration and leadership seem to be more up front, like the guy out front. And anyway, um, what I what I learned later, I didn't understand it at the time, was that I believe that there are talents and there are gifts. I think that there's certain things we're good at or abilities that we have, and those are God-given, of course, you know, at birth, but it's different than a gift of the Spirit. Um, and and God can use those for His glory, but typically things that we're good at are for man's glory, and things that are spiritual gifts are for God's glory. And so what I think is, I think I was good at leadership. I was good at administration. And I think because I wasn't abiding, when I answered the questionnaire, I was answering it more in my flesh. I was answering it more in what I'm good at. And then and then years later, when I was more abiding and more answering it for more from a spirit perspective, that's when the truth started coming out of, and I, I believe my spiritual gifts were starting to be enabled. They were starting to, I was starting to understand and recognize them. So um, that's something I learned. And I think, I think it's important um, to know that. And, 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 you know, you can eventually, you can use your talents for God as well, too. It's beautiful when they all work together. As a matter of fact, Rick Warren, I went in, in the Purpose Driven Life, I, I like his acronym SHAPE, which talks about your spiritual gifts is S, H is your heart, your passion that you have for something, A is your abilities, P is your personality, and E is your experience. And all God uses all that as a package of to shape you into who you are for God. You know, so I really actually like that. I've never forgotten that. But let's talk a little bit more about um, spiritual gifts. You can't earn them. So a lot of people are like, they're, when they're doing this, they're saying, I want to be better at that. I want, I want that gift. Well, you don't get to determine that. That's the Holy Spirit gives you the, the gifts. Now you could pray for them. You can desire gifts. You can ask God to give you a certain gift, but he's the one he gives as he wills. Um, you can't create these for yourself. Um, they're all important. All the gifts are important. In every every journey group I've ever led, there's always a little bit of gift envy. There's always somebody who's kind of a little bit envious of someone who seems like they have better gifts than, you know, oh, my gift's just kind of behind the scenes, service or whatever. And we have to understand it's very clear in Scripture that they're all important, just like the parts of a body. They all work together to, you know, and they're, they're, you can't do without any of them. They're all necessary and needed. Um, no one has all the gifts. Now, I know that's that's interesting because we have the Holy Spirit in us. Now he has all the gifts, but it, it continues to say in scripture that he gives them to us each as he determines. And I think that the reason nobody has all of them is because he wants us to work together. He wants us to work as a body. He wants us to need each other and be dependent on each other. He's big on community. He's big on family. And so I think that's why it's important that we focus kind of on our top tier gifts and let other people, you know, fill in the gaps. But that being said, there are times when we might be in a situation where we need a particular gift that's not one of our strong gifts, and he'll give it to you in a moment. Sometimes you need a certain gift, and he'll give it to you for that particular situation. So never underestimate what he can do. Um, uh, the other thing I want to say is, so how do you discover your how do you discover your spiritual gifts? We talk about this in the journey. I think this is important. Um, you have to explore. So you you know this this. Uh, 
spiritual gift assessment is a way of exploring what your gifts might be, but you can also just read scripture and read the descriptions of the, that are in, there's a lot of gifts that are, are listed specifically in scripture. So you can meditate on those and study and talk to the Holy Spirit about that. There's also some gifts that are implied. The one intercession is a good example of that. It's not listed as a gift, but it's very much implied that certain people had that gift throughout scripture. Um, experimentation is another one. You can, you can, you can try on a gift for size. You can, you can see if you have the gift of teaching by putting yourself in a teaching situation. And if it doesn't seem to bear fruit, you'll know quickly, you'll know uh, if it's not, doesn't feel right. Or if it's just not quite, quite where God wants you, you'll, you'll, you kind of figure that out pretty quickly. Um, experimentation is good. Um, but then the other beautiful thing is confirmation. We have each other. We have the same Holy Spirit and we have each other to help each other. And sometimes you can't even see a gift that you have, but another person sees it so obviously, you know, because we always discount ourselves. We're always like beating ourselves up and, and shortchanging ourselves. And so it's, we need other brothers and sisters to, to, to affirm a gift in us. And this is why we do in the journey, we do a spiritual gift confirmation where they take the assessment and not only that, but you get to affirm each other in your spiritual gifts. And it's so important, so important. So, um, all right, last few thoughts. Um, so what do we do if we want to have spiritual gifts? First of all, you receive Christ. If you haven't received Christ, you got to ask Christ to come in, first of all. Second, start abiding with him. That's the most important thing you can do is, is the, and we get it backwards all the time. We all want to go do something for God, but if we're not abiding, anything we do will not be spirit filled. It will not be spirit blessed. So abide first and then let his spirit empower your gifts and kind of start showing you new ministry opportunities. And we, then we have to be submissive. We have to be submissive to the, the pruning process, the discipline process, and be obedient to the things that he's calling us to do. Because as you start abiding and you start letting him uh, prune you and discipline you and you start being obedient, he'll start showing you opportunities. And that's when you start moving into those opportunities. And that's when those gifts start coming alive even more, when you start stepping out in faith toward the things that, that he has for you. If you look throughout scripture over and over again, you see men and women of faith who, who they were walking with God and all of a sudden they got invited into new, exciting things. Uh, Moses, uh, Joshua, after Moses, Esther got put in a position for such a time as this, where she had to step out of her comfort zone and, and the, the spirit took over in her. Nehemiah, Gideon, he's, he was called a mighty word. He's like, who am I? I'm, he was scared to death. Um, David, David, who felt like the biggest screw up half the time of his life, but yet he had so much faith and, and loved the Lord and, and God used him. Uh, you look in the New Testament, Peter, James, John, they, none of them felt worthy. They were just ordinary people, but they did extraordinary things. And Paul, of course, who taught about the spiritual gifts the most, he got it. He understood because he felt like he, 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 at one time he thought he was the the supreme example of faith, you know, and, and the great Pharisee. And then all of a sudden he realized he was only strong when he was weak. Um, so, so the lesson is be strong and courageous and we must de decrease so he can increase. And so I'll leave you with that because uh, uh, I want you guys to be thinking about what is God doing you right now in the spiritual gift development department? What, what is going? Because I guarantee you, he's doing something right now in you. Uh, so I've got a few questions for you guys to talk about. 
um, in your little table groups. Um, so where are you in the spiritual gift discovery process? Are you abiding? Are you being pruned? Are you bearing fruit? Is, is the fruit leading to obedience? Are you being tested? Uh, what do you think some of your top spiritual gifts are? You know, and maybe you've taken the test uh, or whatever, but how have you seen God use you uh, in God glorifying ways? Um, is there anything you think God is asking you to do right now that would would require spiritual gifting? It, it, it could even seem impossible, could be seem really big, um, like facing Goliath. Um, in other words, it's something you can't do in your own flesh. It's going to require supernatural intervention. In other words, a miracle. Henry, could you close us in prayer, please? Yeah, you bet. Uh, Father God, we just <clears throat> thank you for the opportunity to gather and to consider your ways, Lord, and how your spirit is alive and active and living inside of us and, and what that looks like, uh, the manifestation of your spirit living, uh, abiding inside of us. And, and show us, Lord, how to use that gift uh, for your glory and for the benefit of others around us without exacting or wanting anything in exchange. Lord, let us be a people, uh, a kingdom-minded people that are functioning according to your economy, Lord, one that gives um, gives itself uh, for the benefit of others without wanting anything in exchange, Lord. And so thank you for Brian and for his willingness to be used by you, Lord. I pray that it just catalyzes a powerful conversation around the tables, uh, around the internet, Lord, of uh, what our gifts are and how we use those to be greater glory to your kingdom, Lord, and a benefit to the people around us. Lord, we love you. Thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.